to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, and more importantly, part of our pod squad, how are things with you, my friend? Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, excited to get on a few weeks before the World Cup. So, uh, yeah, ready, let's go. Yeah, we are certainly getting busier between now and November and probably beyond because it's also time to bring in Jamie Brown. Last but certainly not least, my friend, I hope all is well for you. I guess for Tottenham, not so much. Yeah, obviously, from a, from a Spurs perspective, it has been a, a pretty challenging week since we, since we last spoke. Obviously, two defeats for Spurs, but... Uh, Look, I'm going to put that aside. Obviously, great to have Craig on the show. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this one for sure. Absolutely. Right, that's all the intros out of the way. So let's get down to business. And, of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check firstwithfreebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On Podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where should we start first? Let's go to the King Power Stadium as Leicester play host to Manchester City. Craig, the Foxes have kept three clean sheets in a row. Will they be able to keep Erling Haaland and company at bay this Saturday lunchtime? Um, you're, you're right, they've kept three clean sheets, but I think they come with a bit of a caveat uh, on them. They've, they've kept clean sheets against Wolves, Leeds and Crystal Palace. Uh, Wolves have scored just five all season. Leeds 13 and Crystal Palace 12, so averaging just a goal a game pretty much. Um, compare that to the firepower that City have got. They've scored 36, 17 of those from Haaland. So him himself has scored the same amount of goals of Wolves and Crystal Palace combined. Um, I've been impressed by Leicester recently. I think they're building in the right direction, but this is going to be a step too far for them, I think. Um, I think City are more than capable of scoring against Leicester uh, and more than capable of winning this game. OK, then, Jamie, let's look at the odds before kickoff because City are as short as 1-4. to four for a away win on Saturday. Not a great deal of value there, if at all. So is winning both halves at 13-8 to eight big enough to get you interested or are you looking elsewhere? Yeah, obviously it's, it's been interesting to kind of see Leicester over the last couple of weeks. You mentioned they have kept those three clean sheets in a row and obviously got that big win on the weekend. But uh, I think this game is, is going to be a step too far for them for sure. I think Man City, they're going to come here uh, to the King Power and I think there's going to be lots of goals here. Um, I think that's an interesting shout for them to win both halves and, and that does add a bit of value. But um, I'm going to go for my own kind of little uh, bet builder here. I just think that, um, as I mentioned, going to be lots of goals in this one. Leicester have conceded the most goals in the league this season so far. 24 times are conceded. So um, I think Man City and, and Erling Haaland are going to take advantage of that. So I'm, I like the look of a Man City win over 3.5 goals for Man City um, and Haaland to score two or more and you get that at 7-2. to two. I, I think we're going to see some plenty of goals from City, plenty of goals from Haaland and uh I think we'll definitely see Man City win as well. So that's what I'm going to go for for this one. A very juicy start to this week's show. But Craig, there has been much debate over whether James Madison should be going to Qatar next month. You can roughly get 2-1 to one on Gareth Southgate, handing him a ticket to that plane. Is it a bet that takes your fancy in the next few weeks? 
Yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing nothing wrong for now. Uh, he scored six goals already this season in, in a team that started very, very poor. So so probably deserves a bit more praise than that, considering the, the players that have been around him. Um, the only thing for me is, is, to me, he offers a very similar threat to others that are in the team. Uh, given England's sort of stuttery, to say the least, build-up to this, to this World Cup, it wouldn't surprise me if Gareth Southgate stuck to sort of tried and tested methods. Um, he'll either be the last one in or the... The what the unlucky one to miss out either way, but I think it'll be the latter. He'll, he'll just be missing out. Well, Jamie Harvey Barnes has certainly come into prominence these past few weeks. You can get five to one on him scoring any time against City. Is that a decent pick in your opinion, or have you got something else for me? Yeah, look, I think with Harvey Barnes, he probably will miss out. I think England have got kind of plenty of quality in that left wing spot. You've got the likes of Sterling, Foden, and Grealish. So um, I do think he is a player that will miss out. Um, I think an interesting one maybe to keep an eye on would be Trevor Chalabar. Um, you know, he's a guy who's come in and really impressed under, under Graham Protter, of course, as well, playing in a back three and, and doing well there. The Blues are actually now, they're 31 games unbeaten when he started. So, you know, a stat like that is certainly going to catch the eye of Gareth Southgate. So, and, and we obviously know the issues with, um, you know, maybe a bit of doubt with Carl Walker. Um, obviously, um, Rhys James as well. All players who could have maybe played in that, that right centre-back spot. So, um, obviously, Chalabai has been playing in that role for Chelsea. So, uh, that could maybe put me into contention with some injuries and uh, some really good form for Chelsea. So, he's at 4-1 to one to go to Qatar. And I, I think that's maybe one to definitely keep an eye on, um, given his, his recent form. Yeah, I mean, obviously, what players do in these next couple of weeks are going to be hugely important. There could be a few injuries. Players are starting to drop like flies. So, what we consider the squad could have a certain, certainly a different shape to it. I know Southgate is... Going to be picking, what, 55 players to start with? So, I know, obviously, a lot of those will be left behind. But Harvey Barnes should be in that extended panel. But let's go to the South Coast now, because Bournemouth play host to Tottenham that same Saturday. Both teams have lost their last two league outings. Will it be a third straight defeat for either side? Craig, what is your take on the current pre-match odds? Yeah, based on the past sort of couple of weeks, I'm not really sure I trust either team at the minute. Um, Spurs look like a side desperately needing the shackles taking off them. They're, they're very defensively minded at the minute and I'm not sure that approach is really going to work uh, going away to a, a Bournemouth team who, who lack quality but but have got plenty of battling skill uh, qualities about them. Um, <clears throat> I think it's just going to be a really dull draw for me and a really, really dull game. Nothing much. Uh, Bournemouth not good enough to win and, and Tottenham not attacking minded enough to go out there and get three points. Wow, that's going to be even more of a bad week for Tottenham if that's the case, because Jamie, it certainly has been a tough week thus far. Two defeats in a row, as mentioned, four goals conceded. With that in mind, does both teams to score at odds of four to five leap off the page for you? Yeah, I think with this one, it's it's going to be quite a tough one to call, which is obviously disappointing from a Spurs perspective. I think Spurs should be going here and getting the win. But as Craig said, you just can't kind of trust Spurs at the moment. Um, I think if you compare, obviously, the, the two defeats for, for either side, um, you look at Spurs, you could maybe argue it was two tough fixtures, obviously going away to Old Trafford um, and Newcastle. I think from Bournemouth's perspective, I think this drop-off was maybe a bit more expected. And, you know, you see the teams they have lost to, obviously losing at home to Southampton. Um, and then obviously away at West Ham. So, you know, um, obviously games where maybe they could have gotten a result there. But um, I, th I think with this one, you know, you consider that Bournemouth have blanked in the last two. I think that this could be uh, one where they don't score in. And uh, I think this could be just a slender win for Spurs. They are 7-4 to, to, to win to Neil Spurs. 
But again, it's, it's, it's not one that particularly jumped off the page to me just because I, I just don't trust Spurs defensively at the moment. I think, you know, there's so, there's so many shaky moments we saw against Newcastle the number of times there was kind of miscommunication in, in the back line. So as much as I don't see Bournemouth scoring, I think it's, it's still kind of difficult to kind of back Spurs' defence at the moment. So um, this is probably one I'd, I'd look to steer clear of. And Craig, Gary O'Neill is still the bookmaker's favourite to take the Bournemouth job on a permanent basis. Odds of 1-4 to four at the moment, so again, not great value, if at all. Results have certainly gone against him in the past week, so if you are the Bournemouth ownership, and I know that is changing hands, you could be tempted to think, well, actually, do you know what, maybe a change is required. However, to win this bet, O'Neill only needs to be in charge for 10 matches, even as an interim boss. So will he hit that figure? Will this be a winning bet? Yeah, it's such a strange situation that, that Bournemouth have really let themselves get into. Um, I thought O'Neill did just about enough when he first came in and they got a bit of bounce when he when he arrived. Um, and it wouldn't have surprised me if he got the job then, but that's wore off and, and Bournemouth have, have not been as good in the last couple of weeks, um, which is to be expected. But then do you employ a manager full-time based on, on the back of that? Um, it's, it's a strange situation regarding the sort of Will he get to the 10 game mark? There's four more games until the World Cup, which would take him over that. I think it would be a very strange move, especially considering the ownership side of things as well. If they were to get rid of someone now before the World Cup, if there's a change coming, it would come in that period. Um, so for that reason, I do think it's it's the bet that will win, because I, regardless of whether or not Gary O'Neill is the long-term answer, he's probably the answer until the World Cup. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. You know, they could appoint Chris Wilder, after the World Cup, but I don't think it's going to happen for this market to be altered enough. So if you have back Gary O'Neill, or you still want to buy a little bit of money perhaps, that's probably the right direction to go. Jamie, let's go to, back to the match itself, because Harry Kane has now reached double figures for the season. A one-decade wonder, shall we say. Only 6-5 to five to score at the Vitality at the weekend. Is that buying money, in your opinion, or too skinny to place a wager? I think at the moment, obviously, a lot of people seem to be maybe sleeping on Harry Kane a little bit. I think, obviously, it's kind of to do with Erling Haaland's unbelievable form. But look, Harry Kane is still a guy who's real consistent supplier of goals. He's got 10 in, in 12 at the moment. He's also got a very good record against Bournemouth in the past. So, you know, I think this is certainly one to definitely consider. Um, and, and for me, I'd definitely be backing him to get on the score sheet on, on uh, Saturday, given his record this season, um, 10 in 12. So, uh, yes, this is one I'd probably be looking to get on. Fantastic. Right, we're going to go bet building once again. And with Fulham playing host to Everton on Saturday tea time, we're going to try and construct another winning combo. And hopefully Craig can get off to a perfect start. So Craig, you're straight into the Lions then here. I'd like you to offer me an anytime goal scorer in this match. Yeah, first up, so we're going to keep it really simple. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic. Um, we all know what he's about. He's scored in his last three games. Uh, nine from 11 overall this season. But... Crucially, I think Fulham play a bit more expansive at home. Uh, he's got six goals from six home starts, so him to score any time is my pick. I like that. Not anything too wacky to start with, just edging yourself in gently. I can appreciate that approach. Jamie, the over-under, what have you got? Yeah, I mean, usually with Everton, I'd, I'd maybe look to go low because I've been really impressed by how, how well um, Frank Lampard's kind of organised the defence. But I think when you look at the likes of Alexander Mitrovic being on the pitch... Um, obviously, uh, Everton getting a couple of goals um, in, on the weekend as well. I do think this one will be um, will have more goals. Um, so I'm going to go for over 2.5 for this one. Um, we've seen Fulham score two or more in each of the last three matches. Um, and as well, I just think, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go for goals with this one. I just think with Mitrovic 
play, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for over two point five goals. Okay, then I'll take the lead on your two picks. If Craig's on for Mitrovic, and there's going to be over two point five goals, I don't think Fulham themselves are going to score three, or at least three without conceding. So I'm going to go with both teams to score. I know F- Fulham have got the attack. They've also got the odd bit of susceptibility when it comes to defending. Everton have woken up in the final third, but are always good for conceding a goal at the same time. So I feel that that's a logical pick. And now let's recap on the three. Craig went for Mitrovic to score any time. Jamie went for over 2.5 goals. I've gone for both teams to score. It's not the biggest one, but hopefully it's a winner. It's 11-4 to 4 this week. £10 on the betting slip. £37.50 in your back pocket if that comes good. I really hope it does. I hope we get off to a win in our new era of the podcast. I hope you get a winner as well. But let's get a bit of chat about the game itself in the tank now because Craig, Fulham are really in the groove at present. Seven points from the last nine. Seventh in the table. Will they extend that unbeaten run on Saturday? Um, Yeah, I really like what Fulham's doing at the minute. Um, They're good to watch. They've been involved in some entertaining games. Uh, They scored 22 goals, which is... Uh, total that only three teams are better than at the minute in the Premier League, which is City, Arsenal and Spurs. Uh, then at the back end, they've conceded 22 goals and there's only three teams worse than that at the minute. So really good to watch. And it's working for now. Uh, whether it works full time over the course of a full season remains to be seen. Um, but I think it's enough for what they're going to do on Saturday. And, and I really fancy Fulham to beat Everton here. Now, Jamie, at the same time, we shouldn't necessarily overlook Everton in all of this. An impressive win over Crystal Palace last Saturday, 4-7 to seven in the double-chance market. Does that price interest you at all? Yeah, do you know what? I'm going, to be, I'm going to go with Craig here, and I do think it will be a Fulham win. I think, yes, it was obviously an impressive win for um, Everton on the weekend, but obviously you've got to remember they are coming off the back of three straight defeats. Um, I think as well, Fulham, they've been pretty strong at home. They've taken 11 points from, from a possible 18, so they've been, been pretty strong at home. Um, and again, we always with Mitrovic on the pitch. I, I just think they're going to have a great chance of, of getting the three points here. They're also undefeated in the last three. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'd be swaying towards a Fulham win here. And I think that's what happened. Now, Craig, with Fulham being one of the promoted teams, they are certainly impressing early on. They are now 1-12 to 12 on to be relegated at the end of the season. Do you think they are a certainty to avoid the drop? Or would you still be keeping an eye on them over the weeks and months to follow? No, I think they're going to be fine. Um, as I sort of just mentioned, they're picking up points w- with this sort of expansive style of football that they've got. And it may not quite last out the season, but three points in August, September and October are just as valuable as three points at the end of the season. And they're building up a really, really nice cushion. Um, I think they will drop down the table and I think they will finish in the bottom half. But what they're doing at the minute is is more than enough to keep them up, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at Fulham, they're banking points at just the right time. They are also, more importantly, picking off the teams around them. When they look at the fixtures, the likes of Leeds and Villa, they're, I guess, identifiable points and wins. So to get six from that, not only are you getting six for yourself, you're taking points off of them. So they're doing the right things. There's probably going to be regression, I don't know, 14th, 15th. It's still a fantastic finish when you compare their last two attempts at Premier League football. So it's going quite well in the white part of West London. But Jamie, in terms of the relegation battle at present, at this stage of the season, you look at the table, there's no, shall we say, basket case or hopeless outfit where they're on, I don't know, one or two points and you think they're doomed, they're just counting down the weeks until relegation. So because of that, is that going to make the relegation betting even more difficult this season? 
Yeah, you're right. It's, it's kind of very difficult to kind of call at the moment. I think if you look at the teams kind of in and around the, the bottom three, I think there's teams where you feel they, they've got more potential and they do seem to be underperforming. You look at the likes of Leicester, Wolves, Leeds and Aston Villa. They're kind of all teams that you feel as though, you know, you can see them putting some sort of run together. So, um, yeah, difficult to call at the moment. For me personally, I do think there are some teams where I think the likes of Bournemouth and Forest, I think those are two teams where I do eventually think they will be Two of the teams to drop as well. I think Southampton are worth a look as well. At Eleven to four to go down. I think they're a side who, you know, maybe don't quite have that quality. And you know, Ralph Hasenhutl was he? He's going to come under a bit of pressure as well. So those are maybe three teams that I'd, I'd probably be looking at at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's all, all so close to call. You're right. There's no real team that's you know that's kind of dropping away. We obviously saw Nottingham Forest or bottom of the league get that really impressive win at, at, over Liverpool. So um, at the moment, it's, it's, it's very difficult to call. You're right. Right, enough talk about relegation. It's time for our long shot ACA. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2 to 1 and 5 to 1. So, Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go to Italy for my pick, and I'm going to go for um, the game between Juventus and Lecce. Uh, Juve, they go away this weekend. Um, obviously, they look like they've lost to uh, Vlahovic um, to an injury, obviously, compounding their troubles. We, of course, saw them eliminated from the Champions League in the group stages. Uh, the first time in, I think, since 2013 that that's happened. And uh, obviously, Massimiliano Allegri under big pressure now. And they just seem to be playing so poorly. I think Benfica just kept on finding it so easy to kind of cut through them and, and keep scoring goals. Um, so I think Juve are in a bit of trouble here. And I'm going to go for a draw in this one um, between these two teams. And you get that at a 5-2. to two. Lovely stuff. And Craig, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm dipping back into the game that we've just been speaking about, really. Um, I'm going with Fulham to beat Everton and both teams to score. Uh, the both teams to score element. Um, as mentioned, Fulham have scored 22 goals this season, but they've also conceded 22 and they're not the best at the back. Um, but having said that, I do think that they're going really well at the minute and they've got enough quality on the pitch to beat Everton. So I'm going with a Fulham win and adding in the uh, both teams to score to bump up the value. That's 100 to 30. Lovely stuff. My pick takes me to the Hawthorns as West Brom play host to Sheffield United. Now, yes, the Blades have failed to win any of their last six, but the Baggies have lost their last two and are in the relegation zone. They've got no permanent manager at the time of recording, and I think the visitors can cause them more misery at the weekend, which means a return to winning ways for Sheffield United are odds of 21 to 10. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's pop up some more Premier League matches now. And next up, we go to the Brentford Community Stadium as Thomas Frank's men play host to Wolves. Craig, first up, can Wolves return to winning ways at odds of 9-4? to four? Uh, No, I don't think they can. Uh, I like Brentford here. Um, Wolves have lost seven of their 12 so far. Um, they've been losing to teams that have been struggling around them. Leicester, Crystal Palace. Um, things look pretty rough at the moment for Wolves. Uh, I can forgive Brentford. The, the sort of the weird game against Aston Villa after the sacking of Steven Gerrard when Villa were, were all over the place and, and looked to be a team that, that were just glad to be rid of Gerrard, to be honest. Um, prior to that, they beat Brighton at home and they drew with Chelsea as well. So, so I like Brentford here. Now, Jamie, as Craig says, Wolves have got some issues and they've gone on record recently and said they're not going to appoint a new manager until after the World Cup. So Steve Davis has been in interim charge. He's lost three of his first four matches at Molyneux. Do you think they have to bring that appointment forward? And if so, who will it be? 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's really strange to see this Wolves team kind of struggling near the bottom. I just feel as though they're kind of, this is an exciting job and it's a talented squad. And, um, you know, they have got more potential than kind of what they're showing. You look at the likes of Matthias Nunes, obviously brought in for a lot of money. Uh, Ruben Neves, I think I like their centre-backs as well with um, uh, Kilman and Collins as well. These are two young guys as well. So there's plenty in that, that squad to kind of get excited about for, for maybe a new manager. Um, I, I think we will see kind of a George Mendes client coming in and getting the job eventually. Obviously, we know kind of his connections with the club and, and bringing people uh, to, to Wolves in the past. Um, I think a guy I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we did speak about the Wolves job was Sergio Consensau. He's obviously currently at uh, FC Porto. He's been linked with uh, Premier League jobs in the past and, and is doing a good job at Porto. He's just under 7-1 to one to get the job. So, Obviously, fairly good value there. Um, you know, they've got a good chance of getting through in the Champions League, Porto. So that could be an interesting one to keep an eye on, how they do in the Champions League. And maybe if they were to crash out, then maybe he might have his eye on on moving to the Premier League. But look, I always think the Premier League is, is kind of the league to be in. I think this Wolves job is an exciting one. Lots of Portuguese players to work with. Lots of talented young players in that squad. So um, I, I would, I, it does feel as though they do need to make this kind of appointment fairly quickly because... You look at their league position and, and kind of um, how talented this squad is, it's, it's quite disappointing to see. Now, Craig, in terms of the over-under goals market in West London, how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, it's definitely the under that appeals to me in this one. Uh, Wolves have scored just five goals all season and, and just two in the last six games as they continue with their struggles in front of goal. Uh, Brentford are in slightly better form and I think they'll win this game, but they're also lacking goals too at the moment. Uh, they've been kept off the score sheet in four of the last six games. And in that period, they've scored just three goals. So while I do think Brentford will will sneak a narrow win here, it'll be with the under in the goals market attached. Yeah, I'd have to agree there. I mean, Wolves have been looking to answer their attacking issues for a while now. I don't think Diego Costa is the answer. He's not the vintage Costa that we had at Chelsea, even the one at Atletico Madrid. He's just a faded force. And I feel that Wolves' attack... It's just kind of lost identity, really. You kind of knew what you were getting with Wolves in the past couple of seasons. Yes, it may have been a Dimitrore with raw pace, but at least there was something about them. Now they're just kind of... It's a mishmash of styles. It's just players trying to be too neat and tidy and not effective. And it's just sort of tantamount to where Wolves are at the moment. Now, Jamie, when you consider these two stats before kickoff, Wolves have lost six of the last seven away matches and conceded two goals in five of the last six. How does that shape your decision-making before the weekend? Yeah, and then, and then of course you just have to look at Brentford's home form as well. I mean, they've got the sixth best home form in the league so far this this season. So I'm definitely going to be back in the host here to kind of get the win. Wolves' away form, as you mentioned, really poor, and it does make them the worst away side in the league this season. On their travels as well, they've scored just twice. So really a side that you know really underperforming in terms of the goals. So um, I, I I think maybe a Brentford win to Neil's maybe the way to go here, and you can uh, get that a decent eleven to four. Right, next up, we're off to Tyneside as Newcastle play host to Aston Villa. Craig, can Villa find some new manager bounce under Unai Emery at odds of 3-1? to one? I think we may have seen a bit of a bounce already, to be honest, with the sacking of Steven Gerrard. Um, the Villa team sort of responded to that and, and came up with a good win against Brentford. Um, I think it's a really interesting period before the World Cup for Villa because Emery doesn't really have enough time to get in and really install what, what he wants to do with the team before they have a, a very long break. So I'm interested to see what happens. Um, having said that, though, Newcastle are absolutely flying at the minute. Uh, one loss all season. They've won four of the last five. Uh, their only blip, if you can call it a blip, was a, a point away at Old Trafford, which, which I'm sure the, the players and their fans would have taken before that. 
Um, they look to be really clicking, firing on all cylinders, uh, and I really like what Newcastle are doing at the minute. Now, Jamie, by the same token, you can get Newcastle at odds of 5-6 to six to win on Saturday. Can they continue their impressive start to the campaign? Yeah, look, I, I think Newcastle win here is, is surely the way to go. I mean, you just very tough start for you know Emery to kind of come in and obviously go away to St James's Park. Newcastle, they're undefeated at home this season, so obviously adds that I just can't see Villa getting anything here. Um, obviously, they're coming off the back of that big win at Spurs as well. They're currently sat inside the top four. You know, Craig mentioned there they've got obviously a really good recent record with the four wins in, in the last five. So, yeah, I, I think this is a very tough start to life for Unai Emery. And uh, I'm going to think this will be a Newcastle win here. Now, Craig, Newcastle were labelled the best of the rest at the start of the season. They could well be part of the best because you can get evens on them finishing in the top six. Would you be tempted to back this outcome? Yeah, I mean, it's not something that I would usually do myself, sort of backing long-term at even money. But I think we can all agree that, that they are definitely the bona fide main challenger to that top six now. Um, essentially, if, if you're betting on this market, you're, you're betting on sort of Chelsea, Manchester United, Liverpool, uh, maybe even Spurs if, if their struggles continue. Uh, ju just one of those, any of those four to disappoint and drop out. Um, if they do that, then it's, it's Newcastle's for the taking. Uh, the only sort of slight caveat I'd throw in is that it wouldn't surprise me if, if Newcastle had a very good season and did really well, but finished seventh and were sort of well clear of the rest, but not quite good enough to get in there. Yeah, I think that's probably my logic as well, is that they are certainly a class apart from the likes of Brighton, West Ham, Leicester. Do you know what I mean? There's many teams that could have been in the top seven mix at the start of the season. The Newcastle are head and shoulders above that, but then there's still a huge gap between seventh and sixth. So, yes, it could take one of those top four, top six to have a bad season, but I don't think Newcastle will quite take advantage. But it could also mean European football at the end of the season. So they're not going to complain if they get seventh and are in the Europa Conference League next time around. Jamie, if they are, it might mean Miguel Almiron is scoring a bucket load of goals because he's already got five in this Premier League season. Doesn't sound a lot, but it's his best ever. You can get six to four on him scoring 15 or more by next May. Would you back him to continue his purple patch in the next few months? Yeah, obviously been a really kind of impressive run for him at the moment. Obviously, we've seen him get six goals in 12 at the moment, but uh, I, I do struggle to see him getting 15 in, in, in the end. Um, I think that's quite an achievement, getting 15 goals. I think if you go and look back at maybe players of, of, of real quality that have kind of missed out on that that uh, target of 15 goals, um, I, I think this will be one where he will just fall short of. Um, I think as well, kind of those odds of, of six to four for him to get it, I think that's maybe a bit too short. So uh, I probably will be steering clear of this one. I don't think he'll he'll continue this form. And as well, obviously, you're going to have the likes of Isaac coming back, St Maximum coming back. So kind of the pressure will be off him a little bit in terms of really having to supply the goals. And maybe you'll see Isaac, um, you know, getting uh, producing more of those goals. So, um, yeah, I think we'll see a bit of a drop off from Almiron. I don't think he'll get those 15 goals. Now, next up, it's the Graham Potter derby as Brighton play host to Chelsea. Craig, Roberto De Zerbi is yet to find a win as manager of the Seagulls. 9-5 to five are the odds for this to happen at the weekend. Would you be interested in this at all? Um, not overly. This is a game that I think has got draw written all over it, uh, if I'm being honest with you. Um, two managers who have shown glimpses of that they're, they're capable of uh, taking their teams forward, but also two managers that are still really working things out. Um, there's more to come, but I think both will be labelled as work in progress at the minute. Uh, Chelsea have drawn the last two Premier League games. Brighton have drawn two of the last five. 
Uh, I think if there's 20 minutes left in this game and, and it's a draw, I think both managers will probably take it and move on. Uh, so I'll, I'll be going with a draw in this one. OK, then, Jamie. Graham Potter is yet to taste defeat in the Premier League, as a Chelsea manager, of course. So do you reckon he can add more misery to the Seagulls at the weekend? A Blues win is currently at 29-20. to 20. Are you tempted by that? I, I, I do think so, yeah. I think Chelsea probably will just about get the win here. I don't think it's going to be an easy match, and I think it's going to be kind of a real slim win for Chelsea if they do get it. Um, but obviously, been a great start for Graham Potter so far. Obviously, made a really quick start to life in West London. Um, his team obviously produced that impressive win during midweek against Salzburg. Um, so I, I, I also do think that I think they will get the win here. I can also see them doing it to nil. Obviously, we've seen Brighton maybe struggle in front of goal. They've blanked in three of their last four matches as well. You obviously have to consider as well that Chelsea they've kept five clean sheets in nine matches under Potter. So um, I think a, a win to nil here for Chelsea could be fairly good value at. Uh, 10 to 3. Now, Craig, we just touched on Newcastle in the top six. Let's focus on the top four. Let's really hone in on this market now. Chelsea, the four favourites in the list of odds at the moment, which would mean Champions League qualification, odds are four to five. So you said you're a bit wary about placing a longer term bet. Could this price still tempt you in terms of backing the Blues? I, I, th I think Chelsea will finish in the top four. The one thing that really swings it for me is the World Cup. Um, as I've sort of mentioned, Chelsea are really work in progress at the minute. I get the feeling that Graham Potter's going to have the, the team really where he wants them in about two or three weeks' time and then loses them all for, for numerous weeks and, and sits at home hoping that no one gets injured. Um, I think there's a couple of teams in the league where the World Cup's going to really hamper hamper them and, and, and Chelsea are one of those. I think they could just about sort of hit the ground running and really get going under Potter and then have to stop. Um, so, so that's the, the thing that worries me. The, the one thing I would say in Chelsea's favour is that they, they will get going under Potter. I'm, I'm really sure of that and I, and I trust them far, far more than Spurs, far, far more than Manchester United and probably even Liverpool at this point as well. So sort of by default, in a way, they're the third best for me behind Arsenal and Manchester City. So, yeah, I do think they'll get in there. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of getting there. I just feel the price at the moment with the football still to be played, there are still many pitfalls and variables that could undo Chelsea. So you're looking at four to five and thinking, is it really worth the investment? If it was four to five with... I don't know, a month to go and they had a six-point buffer, you'd be all over it. But just a little bit of caution, but I feel you are right in the sense that they will be playing Champions League football next season. But Jamie, talking of living up to current expectations, Raheem Sterling has not quite hit the heights that were expected when he joined the Stamford Bridge outfit. You can get 11-4 to on him scoring any time against Brighton. Could he end his personal drought at the weekend? Yeah, look, I've got to be honest, I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of Raheem Sterling. And I think from a Chelsea perspective as well, kind of seeing them spend so much money on him was, was obviously another wide forward as well was, was kind of a strange decision. I mean, you look at Chelsea and it feels they do need that real prolific goal scorer. That's what they needed. Um, so I'm not going to back Sterling here. I think maybe Kai Havertz at 10 to 3 offers a better value. Obviously, we score him, uh, see him score during midweek as well against Salzburg. Obviously, got a really nice goal. So I think he might be a better way to go. But I think from a Chelsea perspective, one thing that is quite telling, the three favourites to score here are, um, are all Brighton players. So um, that'll show that they are kind of missing that real prolific goal scorer. Um, and that's maybe something that might cost them in the race of the top four. But as Craig said, I do think they are a side who who will, in a couple of weeks, get start really start clicking under Graham Potter. Um, but if they hit this one, I'm going to go for Kai Havertz to, to get on the score sheet at 10 to 3. OK, then, before we move on, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Jamie, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? 
Yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to back Liverpool here to get a, a big win over Leeds. Um, I'm actually going to go for a 4-0 win for Liverpool. I know it's obviously a pretty crazy one to kind of back them after what they did in their last outing against Nottingham Forest. Uh, but you can get a 4-0 win over Leeds at 16-1. to I just, I just think we will see them bounce back here. And, you know, for Leeds, it's obviously been kind of really tricky run for them. They've lost all of the last four. They're winless in eight matches as well. So it's been a really kind of tough run for Jesse Marsh. And uh, he's under a lot of pressure. And uh, I think at Anfield, Liverpool will uh, will get back to winning ways. And Craig, is your pick just as big? What have you got for me? Uh, it's double figures and it comes with an apology, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going back down to the South Coast for a game that I described as dull earlier on. Uh, Bournemouth nil, Spurs nil will be my correct score pick, I'm afraid. Uh, it comes in at 10 to 1. Lovely stuff. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest betting tips and insight ahead of this weekend. And of course, also, there's some Thursday night European football to dissect. So let's get into that one first. First up, let's go to East London because West Ham hosts Silkeborg. Craig, what's a good value bet before kickoff? Yeah, I've been looking towards goals here. Uh, West Ham won the first game between these two, 3-2. Uh, that, that was in Denmark. Um, I've had a look at the Danes and, and they had a go. Um, and they've, they've been involved in a lot of high-scoring games recently. Uh, the last 10 games in all competitions have seen a total of 40 goals, which is obviously averaging four a game. Uh, so it's goals that I like here. I've looked at over 3.5 goals, which is 13 to 8. Uh, replication of the first leg would, would see that uh, come in. And I, I fancy goals. I fancy West Ham, big West Ham win. Fantastic. And Jamie, Manchester United made rather heavy work of Ammonia Nicosia last time out. They now prepare to face Sheriff Tiraspol, so another list of European giants there, but what bets take your fancy in this one? Yeah, I, I, kind of looking at the, this one, there isn't kind of much great value. Um, I, I think in, in a way I do see this one maybe panning out in a similar fashion to obviously United's last uh, European match. I think this could take maybe a bit of time for United to, to kind of break the visitors down. Um, and obviously we saw them score really late on in their last outing. So um, I'm going to go for maybe a similar case here. I'm going to go for a draw at half-time, a Man United win at full-time and you can get that at 11-4. Uh, to 4. Of course, we cannot forget Arsenal travelling to Eindhoven either. And Craig, the Gunners are top of the Premier League, the top of their Europa League group. What catches your eye before they face PSV once again? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Arsenal sort of react to the 1-1 draw against Southampton. It's the first time that anything's really not gone their way. Um, they've been doing so well so far. Uh, last three Arsenal wins in all competitions have seen them win 1-0. Uh, they've got a real knack of grinding out results and... And maybe it's not as free-flowing and fantastic as everyone wants it to be every week, but but it's good enough to to put them top of both leagues, as you say. Um, I've looked at Arsenal win here with under 2.5 goals attached to it, which is 5-1. to one. I think that's really good value, so that's what I'm going for in this one. OK, and Jamie, last week these two teams met at the Emirates. It was 1-0 to the Gunners. Do you think goals will be at a premium when they square off at the Phillips Stadium? Do you know what is interesting? I'm going to go in a completely different direction Ooh. to Craig here. And uh, I think with PSV, they're obviously just three points ahead of third place. So they kind of need to go for it and really go for that win. So I think that will lead for an open game and we will see some goals. Um, obviously, I mentioned last week as well, PSV, they've got Cody Gakpo, a guy who's you know, uh, got more goal involvements this season than uh, Erling Haaland. So guys in, in really good form. So he's certainly a danger man there. I'm actually going to go for a PSV win here. And I say that just because I look at Arsenal, they're pretty much already through, pretty much already top the group. So, and, and with the emphasis really being on PSV and obviously it being in the Netherlands as well, I think this game kind of favours PSV here. And I'm going to go for both teams to score and PSV win here. And you get that at four to one. 
Lovely stuff. Right, let's focus on that trio's Premier League weekend activities. First up, we'll go to the Emirates, as Arsenal play host to Nottingham Forest. Craig, it was Steve Cooper's men who pulled off the shock of last weekend. Can they do the same at odds of 11-1 to 1 on Sunday? Yeah, fair play to, to Nottingham Forest for what they did last weekend. And, and let's not forget that that came on the back of a, a really good point away at Brighton as well. Um, but then again, Arsenal are a completely different animal here. And um, the, the way that Arsenal are playing and they're just grinding things out, I've just got far more, I've never thought I'd say this, but I've got far more trust in them beating these lower teams and not slipping up than what I have Liverpool at the minute. Um, so I think this will be a bigger shock than last weekend if it did come off. But there's no way I see that coming off. I think Arsenal will win this one comfortable. Well, Jamie, Arsenal were handed their first draw in the Premier League last weekend as they were held at Southampton. They will obviously be looking to bounce back at the Emirates. Could a win to nil at odds of five to six be the value bet before kickoff? Um, it's an interesting one. I think Arsenal win is obviously the way to go here. But uh, I think after Forest upsetting Liverpool last week, I think they might be confident of somewhat frustrating the host. But look, I think Arsenal are a side who we've seen kind of maybe struggle against these teams at home. and then, But they always seem to get the job done. They just seem to have that enough quality. And um, I think Forest will come here and, and maybe frustrate the Gunners. But uh, I think Arsenal will eventually get the job done. And I'm going to go for an Arsenal win by one goal here. And you get that at three to one. Now, as for the two Uniteds, they face each other at Old Trafford. The Manchester version have won 13 of their last 14 home matches. Craig, will they extend this run on Sunday? I think both teams come here faring better than they did at the start of the season. Um, and they've both got similarly easy European assignments on Thursday. So anything to do with squad rotation and, and keeping players fresh should be fairly, fairly level between these two. I think Eric Ten Hag's slowly pushing Manchester United in the right direction. Uh, they've got good, strong home form, as as you say. And I think it won't be a classic, but I think Manchester United have just got enough to get over the line and win this one. Now, Jamie, there have been under 2.5 goals in each of Manchester United's last three league outings. Would you be backing more of the same when West Ham visits Old Trafford? Yeah, I, I think this will be a fairly low score in one. I think we've seen under Ten Hag. They've not been particularly prolific scorers. Um, only two. Um, obviously, that may be the case because... No real recognised striker in that team. Um, also, you've got to factor in that only two teams in the top 10 have scored less than Man United, um, who've scored just 16 goals. Um, I think I, I think with this one, I'm going to go for a slender win for Man United. Um, and I'm going for a United win and uh, under 2.5 goals here. OK, let's pivot back to Saturday now as Crystal Palace play host to Southampton. Craig, the Saints have picked up five points from the last nine on offer. Can they get at least a point at Selhurst Park or will the Eagles reign supreme? Uh, yeah, I think they can. Um, Southampton draw no bet at 7-4 is the one that's sticking out to me. Um, both teams have picked up points recently, but one thing I've looked at is the quality of opposition they've been doing that against. Uh, Palace have beaten Leeds and Wolves, who we've already mentioned on the show have been struggling. They've drawn with Leicester and they've lost to Everton. Uh, Southampton have beaten Bournemouth and they've picked up draws with West Ham and Arsenal. and They lost to Manchester City, which, which the vast majority of teams do. Um, I think Southampton have been doing something similar, but against slightly better teams. So Southampton draw no bet. 7-4 uh, to four will be where I'm going. Now, Jamie, Palace's last three games have ended with over 2.5 goals. Southampton's have ended with under. So it's evens for over. It's 4-5 to five for under. Which one are you picking before kick-off? Yeah, look, I, I think considering Palace, they've just got 12 goals in 11 matches. So I'm gonna, I think I'll probably lean towards going with uh, under 2.5 goals here. 
Um, I, I think, having said that as well, I think this will be a Palace win. Um, I just think at home, obviously, they have been pretty decent there this season. It's kind of been their away form, which hasn't been so great. So I think at Selhurst Park, they will just have the edge. But, you know, as Craig mentioned, I mean, Southampton are an interesting one. We obviously saw them get that draw against Arsenal. But uh, I think Palace at home are, are maybe a slightly different proposition to what they are away. So, yeah, I'm going to lean towards a Palace win here. Also going to go for under 2.5 goals. So Palace win and under 2.5 goals, you can get at 10 to 3. OK, let's look at our final Premier League encounter of the weekend. It's Liverpool versus Leeds. Craig, no winning eight for Leeds and as short as one to three for the Merseyside men to win. Does this have all the hallmarks of a home banker? And it will in many people's eyes. I'm not sure I've got complete trust in Liverpool at the minute this season, uh, so I'll not be diving in myself. But you can see why they're priced up so short. Um, Leeds are really struggling for goals and I think the biggest thing with Leeds is they've got completely no identity at the minute. Um, I'm not really sure what Jesse Marsh wants to do, what where he's trying to take them. Um, they're, they're showing no signs of, of getting any better, and you have to wonder if a, a managerial change may be on the horizon at Leeds. Um, they're short, Liverpool, rightfully so. They won't carry my money, but, but they really should be winning this one. Now, Jamie, obviously Liverpool were building momentum. It was halted last week against Nottingham Forest. That momentum did see two clean sheets in a row. Does both teams not scoring at odds of six to five take your fancy? Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, despite that that defeat on the weekend to Nottingham Forest, I, I would be really surprised if they weren't to get the line and get the three points here. Obviously, I, I mentioned earlier, I think this will be a fairly comfortable win for Liverpool. You look at Leeds, they've lost um, all of their last four matches going into this one. So I do think this is going to be a bit of a struggle as well. We, we know under Jesse Marsh, he's coming under real pressure. They just seem to be struggling in terms of the their performances as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I think Liverpool will bounce back with a win here. Yeah, I'll have to agree with you on that one. But let's take a quick drop into the Championship now. Craig, you're off to Birmingham on Friday as QPR make the trip. 9-5 to five for an away win. Is that good value or could this be something of a pitfall for the R's? Yeah, I think there's value to be had with uh, QPR on Friday night. Um, the biggest problem in Birmingham at the minute is inconsistency, really. And their last six games sum up what they've done so far. Uh, two wins, two draws, two defeats. Uh, they were beaten by third place Blackburn last weekend. And now they face second place QPR on Friday night. Uh, QPR have won five of the last six. Uh, they've won away at Watford, Millwall, Bristol City and Sheffield United. And I fancy them to make it five away wins on the season by beating Birmingham on Friday. While Jamie Blackburn refused to draw league matches this season and are winning more than they lose. They go to Hull on Saturday. How does 17-10 to 10 sound for the away win? Yeah, I think you'd have to back Blackburn here. Um, five wins from seven for them, obviously doing really well. They're up into third at the moment. So, you know, great form from them. You also have to look at Hull. They're a side who, you know, come into this one, 16th place. Um, they've lost two of their last four matches as well. So, you know, you look at that recent form, you look at Blackburn flying high in, in third at the moment. Uh, yeah, I, I think a Blackburn win here is, is definitely the way to go. And at the other end of the table, Huddersfield find themselves rooted to the bottom. Craig, just one point from the last nine on offer. How does two to one sound for them to beat Millwall? Now, I'm keeping well, well clear of Huddersfield for now. Um, to be honest, in person in the Championship, one of the best teams that I saw last season uh, and a long, long way away from that this time around. Uh, they're continuing to struggle. They're, they're losing to teams who are um, not fancied to do well this season. They've lost to Rotherham and Preston recently. They've drawn with Middlesbrough, who are having a terrible run themselves. 
Uh, Millwall, the complete opposite. They come here, they've won the last four. They've scored nine goals in those. Uh, one of those games was a really impressive 3-0 win against Watford. Uh, so it'd be Millwall that take my money this weekend. And Jamie, I gave a hint as to my direction of travel for this match, but West Brom are currently without manager and start the weekend in the bottom three. How do you see them dealing with Sheffield United on Saturday? Yeah, it's obviously been a really big drop-off for Sheffield United. Um, and, and West Brom may sense this as a good opportunity to kind of get a win here. Sheffield United, they come into this one with now seven without a win. Um, and they've lost their last two away matches as well. So, um, yeah, although obviously West Brom without a manager and, and kind of struggling at the moment, I, I can actually see them getting the win here. And uh, that's 13 to 10. So uh, that could be an interesting one to keep an eye on. A split of opinion there. That's what we like. Keeps it interesting. But it's time for our final bit of business now. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, combine it into an acre. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens, and see if we can get another winner over the line. I'll go first, and this week I'm off to Selhurst Park as Crystal Palace play host to Southampton. The Eagles have earned 13 points this season, and 10 of those have come at home. And although the Saints are unbeaten in the last three, I think their run comes to an end at the weekend which is why I'm backing the home win at odds of 19-20. to 20. Craig, what have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going down to League One, where I'm choosing Peterborough to beat Cambridge at odds 8-15. Uh, Peterborough have won four of the last six games, and in that period, they've scored 14 goals. Uh, Cambridge won a wild one in midweek, but prior to that, they'd lost five on the bounce. And in those five games, they'd scored just one goal. Uh, I just see Peterborough outscoring Cambridge in this one. So Peterborough at 8-15 to 15 to beat Cambridge for me. Fantastic. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm actually going to I'm actually going to back Spurs to get back to winning ways here. I know this is obviously going to be a t- tough one going going away to the south coast against Bournemouth, but uh, look, I think Spurs should have just an, about enough quality to get over the line here and get the win. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Spurs to get back to winning ways against Bournemouth at uh, 13 to 20. And I sincerely hope they do. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Thank you very much. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.